to God's unchanging end. And trust in him who will not leave you. Whatsoever years may bring. And if our earthly friends forsaken. And still more closely to him cling. Oh church you gotta hold to his hand. To God's unchanging Oh, church, you got to hold to his hand, to God's unchanging And Why don't you build your something's eternal? And you got to hold to God's unchanging end. And when your journey is completed, if to God you have been true, So will view, oh church, you gotta hold to its hand to God's unchanging. Oh church, you gotta hold to its hand to God's unchanging. And why don't you build your something's eternal? And you gotta hold to God's unchanging. Our next song selection, please know pages 959 in your faith and praise books. Just a little talk with Jesus. Page 959. Once again, that's page 959 in your faith and praise books. Paul, let us. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul, and it bathed my heart in love, and wrote my name above, and just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles here. Will hear our faintest and he will answer by and by. Now, when you feel a little prayerful yearning, as your heart to heaven is turning, you will find a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right, it makes it right. And sometimes my fast seems drear without a ray of cheer. And then a cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. In the midst of sin may rise, and I the starry skies, but just a little talk with Jesus clears the way. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles, he will hear our faintest and he will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayerful yearning, as your heart to heaven is turning, you will find a little talk with Jesus, makes it right, and makes it right. I may have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. 
And I go to him in prayer, and he knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, and makes it right now. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest and he will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayerful yearning as your heart to heaven is turning, you will find a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right. It makes it right. Say, church, it's all right. It's all right. I said, it's all right. It's all right. I said, just a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right. Say, church, it's all right. It's all right, I said it's all right, it's all right, I said just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, it makes it, now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles, he will hear our faintest and he will answer by and by, now when you feel a little prayerful yearning as your heart to heaven is turning, you will find a little talk with Jesus, makes it right, it makes it right, amen. For our next song selection, please know pages, pages 589 in your faith and praise book. Once again, it's page 589, after this we'll have scripture reading and prayer, leaning on the everlasting arms. Once again, it's page 589 in your faith and praise book. Follow us. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Secure from all 
to dread, what have I to fear? I'm leaning over on the everlasting arms, and I have blessed fears with my Lord so near. I'm leaning over on the everlasting arms. You know that we're leaning on Jesus, we're leaning on Jesus, we're safe and secure from all laws. You know that we're leaning on Jesus, we're leaning on Jesus, we're leaning over on the Good morning once again, church. For our scripture reading for this morning, worship service will be read from Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. That is Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. But Christ being come, and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifer and, and heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified it to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for his cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament, they which are called mighty received the promise of eternal inheritance. I have just read Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his word. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Let us bow and go to our heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven, Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, with thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with throughout this year. Thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and clothes in our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for providing us with food, 
clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for bringing us out of darkness and placing us into your marvelous light. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the ones that are present, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and were buried and rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are members of. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's walking in darkness, we just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll see the light and come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for our delinquished members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's everlasting too late. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the church, those churches that's having trouble at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on them bless them with the things you know they stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every member here in the church of Christ in Inglewood. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing us with the things you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut in. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on them Bless the doctors and nurses and therapists with the thing you know they stand in need of according to your will. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's traveling or will be traveling. We pray, Heavenly Father, that they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the bereaved families all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, that only you know how. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, that when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We also pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And we pray, Heavenly Father, and thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing us to see the end of this year. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll be able to see another year. And Heavenly Father, we just pray that we will continue loving each other more and more each day and we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will be a better Christian this coming year than we were last year. And we just pray a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper that he come bring us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we will listen. And though was, we will listen toward eternity. Because thee will be eternal matter, he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but also doers of your word. And Heavenly Father, we pray that this wicked service will be pleasing and accepted in your sight. And we pray, Heavenly Father, it will be done decent and in order. 
And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey and said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your son and our Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Our next song selection, please note pages 18 in your second selection song books. Once again, that's pages 18, page 18 in your second selection song books. Mansion, robe, and crown. Bob, let us. I'm gonna treat this earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. And Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. And I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown, and then love always abound, so let me your throne surround, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. And the weather there is always fair, there's sunshine day and night, and no cold or rain will fall there, and for the sunshine's ever bright. And I'll need no heavy garment, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. In there love always abound, so let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, and my head is bowed and bloody now from the work that I've got to do, oh, but one day I'll be rewarded with a crown so bright and new, and I wear a smile so bright for there'll be no cause for a crown. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. They love always abound, so let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, Please reserve my mansion, Lord. Please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Amen. Amen. For our next song selection, please note pages 20. 
one page over and say selection songbooks. I'm going that way. Once again, it's page 20 in your sake selection songbooks. Follow this. I've heard of a land of joy and peace and wonderful light and wonderful light. A beautiful place, a mansion's fair, and skies ever bright, and skies ever bright, where all who obey the Savior dear forever shall stay, forever shall stay, and having been saved, my grace me find, I'm going that way, I'm going that way, I'm going that way, I'm going that way. I'm going that way, I'm going that way, and Jesus the Savior I adore is with me each day, is with me each day. I cling to him, I cling to him, and never do stray, and never do stray. Yes, singing his praises all day long. I'm going that way, I'm going that way. The glorious news I tell and sing as onward I go, as onward I go. That those who are still astray in sin, my Savior may know, my Savior may know. I want them to sing his praise above some beautiful day, some beautiful day. For glory to him who died for me. I'm going that way, 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 I'm going that way. And Jesus the Savior I adore is with me each day, is with me each day. I cling to him, I cling to him, and never do stray, and never do stray. Yes, singing his praises all day long. I'm going that way, I'm going that way. I know I shall meet him at the gate when trials are past, when trials are past. I know I shall meet him face to face in glory at last, in glory at last. And oh, I believe that when we meet, well done, he will say, well done, he will say, for trust in his soul-redeeming love. I'm going that way, 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 I'm going that way. And Jesus the Savior I adore is with me each day, is with me each day. I cling to him, I cling to him, and never do stray, and never do stray. Yes, singing his praises all day long. I'm going that way, I'm going that way.
For our next song selection, please note pages 464 in your faith and praise books. Once again, that's page 464 in your faith and praise books. Because he lives. Oh 
I can face tomorrow because he lives, because he lives. All fear is, all fear is gone because I, because I know, because I know he holds the, he holds the future. song to end the year with uh, as we close out uh, 2023 and we have the hope of 2024 uh, on our hearts and minds uh, that uh, prayerfully we will all be able to enter into with a, uh, a new commitment and a recommitment if you will to the Lord uh, as we continue to strive to live uh, this Christian life uh, surely we don't know uh, what headwinds uh, are before us uh, but we, knew, we do know the sail that guides us. Uh, and so as long as we're with the Lord, I know we can make it through the headwinds. Uh, God said, if you will, to the apostles, and as we uh, look at the Matthew text and understand that not only uh, was he speaking to the apostles at that then known time, uh, he was speaking to us who would come after them, uh, those who would believe on him through their word. And he said unto them, uh, that he would be with them always, even until the end of the ages. And I believe that God will be with us, even until the end of the ages. Uh, when the Lord comes back from heaven's glory, it is my prayer, certainly my hope, uh, that we will be able to stand with him and uh, enter into that, uh, that divine and spiritual place that is called and described as heaven uh, in the word of God. Uh, I know that God said he will be with us always, and that means in our down times, the Lord is with us. In our up time, the Lord is with us. Uh, it doesn't matter whether we are going through struggles or all things are full of joy, God is with us. And so I just thank the God that he is our sail that helps us surf through and guide our way through the headwinds that are before us. Uh, certainly, it has been uh, a wonderful year in the Lord. I always say that uh, uh, every day that we're able to be alive, uh, it is a good thing uh, because that allows us another day to become more, if you will, uh, like God, to strive to be acceptable unto him, to present ourselves uh, as a living sacrifice, holy uh, and acceptable unto him, uh, which is our reasonable service. And so I just thank God that each day that he allows us to live, he is letting us know you have another time, you have more time. Uh, to, to uh, change your life uh, and to be as God 
uh, would, uh, would desire us to be in order for us to make it into heaven's glory. It reminds me of uh, one of the wonderful kings of the Old Testament text, Hezekiah. When Hezekiah, if you will, was uh, at the end of his life, and uh, uh, if you will, that the uh, he had lived certainly a full life, but nevertheless, uh, the prophet came unto him and let him know that he was at the end of his life. Uh, Hezekiah was one of the kings that did that which was good in the sight of God. Uh, we know that biblical text helps us to understand that there were many kings who did that which was bad or evil uh, in the sight of God. But Hezekiah wasn't one of those. It didn't mean that Hezekiah was perfect, uh, but it did mean that Hezekiah sought to do that which was right before God. Uh, we know that because when the prophet came and said to Hezekiah that he needed to get his house in order uh, because he would die and not live, uh, Hezekiah became sorrowful that his life was coming uh, to an end. The Bible mentions that he turned his face to the wall and began to pray, began to say some things to the Lord. Uh, obviously, these are things that only he and the Lord needed to hear. These are things that he and the Lord, uh, if you will, would know the truth of the matter. And so he began to turn his face to the wall and began to recount, if you will, before God, all the things that he had done. It reminds me very uh, vividly of the, 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 uh, the judgment bar of God. Because in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, the Bible says that we all must stand before the judgment bar of God. And we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil or bad, if you will. And so we find ourselves, if you will, with an example of going before God, because Hezekiah, if you will, turned his face to the wall, and he began to give an account of the things that he had done. And Hezekiah, had a, he had a record to run on, if you will. He had a record to speak to when it came to his, uh, his life before God. Didn't mean that he was perfect, amen. We know Hezekiah wasn't perfect. But there were some things that he could say. There were some good things in his life's journey when he walked in the way of the Lord. That he could go and he could say, if you will, to, to God and talk about those things that he had done. And I hope that each of us, as we get to that point where we have to stand at the foot of the cross and we have to be at that judgment bar of God and we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body. I hope that we could do the same as Jeremiah. We can talk about the good things that we have done on God's behalf. I mean, otherwise, if we're living Christians and living lives as Christians and we don't have good things to report, then I question myself, why are you trying to live as a Christian if you don't have any good things to report? God says that we need to have good things to report. Hezekiah was in that way, and he turned his face to the wall, and he began to pray. He began to recount those good things, if you will, that he had done. And the wonderful thing about this is God heard him. Amen. In his prayer, God heard him. Helps me recount that the, in, in, in 1 Peter 3.12 when he says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. It helps me to understand that when Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, he began to pray that God heard him. God was listening to what Hezekiah had to say. And before Hezekiah, if you will, was able to turn his face away from the wall, God had called to the prophet and sent the prophet, if you will, back to Hezekiah. And when he went back to Hezekiah, he said that the Lord has heard your prayer. Amen. And he has given you some few more days, if you will. Gave, given him some more time, if you will, uh, to change his life. And so when Hezekiah, if you will, went, uh, 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 Nathan, the prophet, if you will, came unto Hezekiah and told him uh, that God would have him to, to, to change his life, it reminded me somewhat of David. When David, if you will, when the prophet came unto David and said to David, you know, that you had sinned before God. 
God has seen what you have done. And David, if you will, began to ask the question, what sin have I committed? And, and, and uh, the prophet began to tell him a story about a, about a friend who had a ewe lamb, one ewe lamb, when the other one had many. But the one who had many went and took the only lamb that the other friend had had and, 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 and if you will, took that one and provided it for, for a meal as opposed, if you will, of one of the many that he already had. David really didn't get the question, but he understood, if you will, the unrighteousness of the matter. He understood that why would you take the only one you lamb that this one had versus the out of the many that that other person possessed. And he says, who is this individual? That individual must be brought into an account of what that individual had done. And then the prophet said it was you. For you had taken, if you will, the wife of another man when God had given you many. The point here is that David, if you will, recognized that when the prophet had spoken to him about the things that he had done, the account that David was able to give concerning seeing someone else do that which was wicked. He didn't account for the things that he had done for himself that was wicked. But God showed him those things that were wicked. But the wonderful thing about David that we see in this story is that David didn't deny the fact that what he did was wicked. What David did was turn to God and ask for forgiveness. He recognized that what he had done, he had fallen short of God's glory. King David being the one after God's own heart. Once again, we find a man. Humanity, just like we are. Who God has said he's a man after his own heart. He recognized that David, if you will, though he was not a perfect man. He was still one who decided to walk in the way of the Lord. And do that which is right. And the wonderful thing about this is, is that we see here that even in our striving of doing that which is right and doing that which is good, walking in the way of the Lord, knowing that one day we must stand before that foot of the cross of God or that judgment bar of God, knowing that we will reach that moment if God blesses us to live. And even if you don't live until God comes, you will always stand, all must stand before that judgment bar of God. If you die before Jesus comes, you're going to stand before the judgment bar of God. If you happen to be living and God takes you from that moment as your, of your life, you're still going to have to stand before the judgment bar of God. But it's not the fact whether or not we have to stand before the judgment bar of God. It's whether or not you have a good report to give concerning the life that you live. David, if you will, with all of the things that we know made him imperfect, David had a good report to give about the life that he lived. And so we find that same principle with Hezekiah. Let me grab you for a second and take you to Jeremiah chapter 6. Because as we understand the end by understanding and getting a better comprehension of the beginning, we see that in Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, one of the few, if you will, that gives us two uh, biblical texts. Jeremiah not only gives us uh, his biblical uh, uh, epistle, Jeremiah, but we also attribute lamentations to Jeremiah. But nevertheless, Jeremiah says to us in something in Jeremiah chapter 6, and this pertains to the children of God. I know here in the Old Testament we're talking about Israel in specific because at this time we're talking about the Old Testament. Israel at that time were known as the people of God. They were God's peculiar people. We know in the New Testament text that the church becomes God's peculiar people. The church becomes God's chosen Peter helps us to understand that. But nevertheless, there is a bridge that helps us go from the old to the new and even from the new to the old. As we look at Romans, if you will, when, when, when uh, 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 the Bible helps us understand uh, that things that are written aforetime are written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture 
might have hope. And so we look in the Old Testament to see the things that give us hope. And I look at Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Jeremiah had struggled with the children of Israel, getting them to appreciate and to understand how blessed they were to have the relationship that they had with God. Because not everybody in the, that then known world had that, that special uh, 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 relationship with God, being God's chosen people. But yet that which was special to, uh, uh, to God and, and that which God had planned for uh, it to be special to the, for the and for the children of Israel, the children of Israel squandered, if you will, that special relationship that, uh, that God desired to have uh, with them. But nevertheless, we find Jeremiah reminding them of who they were in the Lord and why it was so important for them to turn their life toward God. Now, this is during a time when they were struggling. We find them in many ways, uh, God is judging them and getting, if you will, them prepared to go into captivity. And they would go into captivity for three score and ten. That would be 70 years, two generations at the minimum of captivity. But nevertheless, we find something in Jeremiah 6 and verse number 14. Jeremiah says, if you will, and I'll start at verse number 12 for the sake of context here. He says, and their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives. For I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not all at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Verse number 16, Jeremiah makes it known how God pleads with the children. Thus saith the Lord. As I said before, we have to know the beginning before we can truly appreciate the end. Thus saith the Lord. The Lord's always speaking to his people. From the Genesis text that we began this whole series of sermons to where we are now, we find God always speaking to his people. Through the prophets, he spoke to the people. Through the patriarchs that were blessed to have that direct interaction with God, he spoke to the people. Through Adam and Eve, he spoke to the then known world before the antediluvian period. Even during the time of Noah, he spoke through Noah to the people. God always speaks to the people. No one can ever say that God didn't say something. That God didn't tell us. That God didn't direct us, that God didn't guide us, that God didn't love us, that God didn't have mercy, that God didn't extend grace, that God wasn't long-suffering. Amen. No one will ever be able to stand before God and say these things were not there because God lets us know throughout the biblical text, he has always been there to give us an opportunity to be better in that day than we were in the previous day. We find ourselves in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah says, Thus saith the Lord. Stand in the ways. And I want you to see here as we make our transition. He says, stand in the ways. And you have to understand something. 
all of us, all of us, every one of us, from the least to the greatest, as Jeremiah would point out. We come into our lives and we are in a pathway. We will come to the fork in the road. We will come to that point in the road. Last Lord's Day, I talked about how many of us are stepping on the gas so hard and we pass by the sign that says Jesus. That says we need to turn around. Amen. But nevertheless, we all are in this way and we're, we're walking in the, our way and that way is our life. We are moving in a direction and, and we come to that fork in the road. We come to that time in our lives where, where we now have, if you will, the God standing in front of us in the spiritual and, 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 and metaphorical sense. He stands in front of us through the word of God and he says to us, what choice are you going to make? Which direction are you going to go? You see, you got to understand the beginning before you get to the end. Because see, once you get to the end, the choice is already made. So I want to know what, what choices should I be focused on at the beginning so that I know where I'm standing and what I'm up against at the end. Are y'all with me? And so God says, if you will, to the children of Israel, as he says to the church, and surely through the church he says to the world, as Ephesians 3.14 says, that it might be made known by the church. And we make it known to the world what God has to say. But nevertheless, he says to us, stand ye in the ways. There are many ways that you can go. There are many roads you can travel. At the minimum, there's two. Amen. You know, some of us try to take the middle road, which we think that's going to get us to heaven's glory by just standing in the middle. But God says, at the minimum, there's two roads. You can either take the road that leads to everlasting life, or you can take the road that leads to everlasting damnation. But you're going to go down one of these roads. The wonderful thing that I know about God, and, and I'm sure that you know about God, the wonderful thing is that these roads run parallel. And I'm glad that God has put a bridge between them. Because, see, at some point in time, if you're on the road, on the wrong road, amen. If you're on the wrong road that's leading to damnation, God has put a bridge that you can cross over and get on the right road. Amen. The road that leads to everlasting life. So I'm, I'm thankful to God that he has always said, look, there's a bridge between these two roads. And at any point in time, if you have yet to be called home to glory, if you have yet to be called home to, to, to end this life, uh, this, uh, this physical time side of life, this carnal side of life, this fleshly side of life, and at any time, if you're already called, then you're already fixed in your role. But if you are on that road, on this time side of life, the bridge that is between the two of them says you can always cross over. You can always cross over as long as God has put oxygen in your lungs, the soundness in your mind, to understand the truth of his word and to believe it and to obey it. You can always cross over to the road that leads to everlasting life. And you can do that until Jesus comes. But when Jesus comes, your choice is now limited because whatever road you are on at the time of Jesus' coming is the road that you stay on. So we find ourselves, and Jeremiah says, stand ye in the ways and see. And I want you to, don't, don't, don't read through this too quickly. I, I, you know, we don't have Bible class today. I know today is, you know, New Year's Eve and everybody's thinking about whatever's at home. But focus for a minute here. 
Stand ye in the way and see. And I want you to understand something. You're not going to be able to say to God, I didn't know. Because God says, wait a minute, I said stand and see. In other words, you can look at your life and see what road you own. So don't be lying to God at the end. Lord, I didn't know I was on the wrong road. Yes, you did. You just liked the road that you were on. So he says, stand and see. The word here comes from the, 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 the Hebrew word is here, but the Greek word is, comes from a word, the blepo. It means to see and not see only to visually observe. But when you see when it comes to God's word, when he says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. It's not the blindness of being in darkness and the limitation of being without visually being able to comprehend images. That's not what God means by blindness. And therefore, when you talk about seeing, seeing is not about being able to now have light come into your eyes where your cones in your eyes can now observe the different colors and the lights that are in front of you that give shapes and images. That is not what God is limiting that conversation to. When he says you're blind, he's saying you're spiritually blind. In other words, you're not ready to receive what it is where your life is at the moment. And so you're blind as to what is in front of you. Not that you can't see it. You just choose to be blind to it. And then he says, but I once was blind. But now I see. When the word of God comes into our lives, remember he says you've been translated out of darkness into the marvelous light. It's because when the word of God comes into our life, and the word of God, if you will, as we are on our road, that sign that comes up says, here's Jesus. And that sign says, here's Jesus. And you start, and if you truly want to make heaven your home, you begin to contemplate, what does that sign mean? And that sign says, turn around. You're on the wrong road. You see? Turn around. You're on the wrong road. And the, the, the Acts would help us to understand that when we, when, we, when we repent of our sins, the word, very, the very idea of to, to, to turn again, to turn around, it means to repent. Why? Because you're on the wrong road. And so when we see, seeing is not just the, ob- the idea of observing or, or being able to make distinction of images and lights and, 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 uh, and, and shapes. It's about spiritually seeing. And so when Jesus says, and when, when, when the prophet says, I said it right the first time, but the prophet says, stand ye in the way and see. He's saying you need to see spiritually where you are. Where are you in your life's journey? It is now the end of 2023. Where are you in your life's journey? Are you on the wrong road? Are you on the right road? And being on the right road, are you on the right road trying to stay within the guardrails of the right road? Amen. Because you know some of us, we challenge them rails. Amen. But, but God says, are you, it, it, look, look, I would rather be on the right road challenging the rails than to be on the wrong road with no rails. Lord have mercy. before God. Are y'all with me? But I'm on the right road. Amen. And I know that on this road there's some challenges. Thank God for his guardrails to keep me straight. I'm running up against him. I done tore up some some fenders and some bumpers. 
But I'm on, but I'm on the right road. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and I'm like Paul. I'm like Paul when Paul says, look, you're fighting a good fight. And sometimes we don't talk about this, but 2 Timothy 4. Remember, Paul was talking about fighting a good fight. Paul himself was struggling with a lot of things in his life. But nevertheless, he says, I fought a good fight. I kept the fall. You see, Paul understood he was running against some bumpers, too. But he said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. In other words, I stayed on the right road. And I finished my course. You see, I finished my course. Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see. And ask. And ask. And ask. You see, just not. Just not to spiritually behold your condition or your disposition. But then to start asking some questions. Am I on the right road here? Am I living the life that God desires for me to live? He says, make sure when you ask the question that you're thinking about what God desires. And not what man desires. You see, in this modern world, man desires many different things. And man will try to shape and mold us to become many different things. And those many different things do not align with what God desires us to become. And so Jeremiah says here, ask for the old path. I know that many of us, we always talk about, you know, that was the old days. Let me tell you something. Some old days you need to hold on to. If you didn't know that, just go back and look at, just, just, just Google different names for generations. You get a whole list of them. But there's some old things you need to hold on to. And Jeremiah says one thing you need to hold on to, no matter how old it becomes, it's always relevant. Ask for the old path. Because in that old path is God. You see. And God outdates all of us. And everything. But he says, ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. When you get to the judgment bar of God, God hasn't extended all of his mercy and his grace and his love and, and, and his long-suffering and, 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 and kindness and, and meekness and all. It's not because God has not done his part. When you get to the end of this journey, when your life is now over and you have to stand before the judgment bar of God, when you have to be at the foot of the cross, it's not because God hasn't spoken. The question you have to ask yourself is, did you listen? Did you listen to what God had to say? about how your life should be lived. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12, Paul writes to us. And he says to us about in, it, it, uh, created, if you will, to do good works, to be in good works. 
And I want you to see what he says. In Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse number 10, uh, verse number 9. Verse number 9, Philippians chapter 2 and 9. He says, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, speaking of Christ. When Christ goes on the cross, you do know that that is his exaltation. Someone says that they think that the cross is Christ being defeated. But see, that's because you don't understand the doctrine. When Christ goes on the cross, Christ is victorious. Because he's now defeated Satan. Satan didn't want Christ to go to the cross. Because he knew that if Christ made it to the cross, he would die for the sins of the whole world. And by dying for the sins of the whole world, he is now giving us an opportunity to stand at the foot of the cross. You see, a lot of people, oh, you know, Christ was defeated because he, because he was crucified. No, he was victorious. He was exalted. And gave him a name of, above every name. That is, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue uh, of things, I'm sorry, of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is Jesus on the cross. And so when I come to the foot of the cross, I'm not thinking about all the things that, that have come before me and, and all the challenges of things that have, that, have, that, that, have, that have caused my life to be complex and be difficult and the challenges that I had, I had to overcome. When I come to the foot of the cross, you know who I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about Jesus. Because I'm thinking about how he has died for my sin. And so now I stand at the foot of the cross, and, I, and he says to me, he says, I remember, Anthony, I remember when you were on that other road, the road that was leading to destruction. And don't look at me like that just because I called my name. Because just because I called Anthony, I was with company. Amen. We all were on the same road. Amen. And I know that we were because God's word has already told us that we were. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says that we are all A-L-L. Children of disobedience, walking after the principalities and the powers of the air. So I know all of us was on the same road. I know that in Romans chapter 3 and 23 when he says, all have sinned. And falling short of the glory of God. So just because I call my name, don't try, to put, don't try to stick your chest out. We all on the same road. The blessing is, is that when we saw the crossover sign, when we saw Jesus, we took that bridge over to the right road. That's our blessing. We find him in Philippians 2. He helps us to understand that every tongue should confess that Jesus is the Christ to the glory of the Father. I read that and I said to myself, this is significant. Because you notice something here. Jesus on the cross, yes, he died for our sins. He died for the sins of the whole world. Before Jesus is dying on the cross, 
All we had was the material idea of an of a, of a, of a animal sacrifice before Christ, which, in fact, was temporary because Hebrew 9 helps us to understand that those animal sacrifices could never fully and spiritually remove sin. It wasn't until Christ died on the cross that we now have something that is not based on the flesh, but something that's based on the spirit. Something that only God could provide. Something that only God could give unto us in order that we might live. It was something that was not available on the, in the world, if you will, or uh, something of the world. It had to be something of God. And I said to myself, there's something about this idea of every knee bowing, every tongue confessing that Jesus is the Christ. That that cross represents, that could not be seen by the naked eye, but had to be understood by the Spirit. Christ became something that we didn't have before the crucifixion of Christ. Christ became our hope. He became our hope. Because before Christ, there was no hope. There was only this image of an animal being sacrificed. But there was no hope that somebody could actually overcome sin. And that somebody, if you will, could die for the sins of the whole world. It wasn't until the coming of Christ that that hope was manifested. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 1 says, Christ is our hope. And so when we're at the foot of the cross when every knee is bowing and every tongue is confessing that Jesus is the Christ. I would hope that we would make that confession and make that acknowledgement while he is still our hope of heaven's glory. Because once death comes, as John says, if you die in your sins, where he is, you cannot come. And remember what Paul said to the church at Thessalonica. We don't sorrow like those who have no hope. Because Christ is our hope. We know that we have to stand before the judgment bar of God. We know that we're going to have to stand at the foot of the cross. But as long as I'm standing there with Christ as a part of my life, as my mediator, I'm going to be all right. It doesn't matter what the devil remembers. It doesn't matter what the world remembers. What matters is what God remembers. And God said he's faithful and he's just. If I confess my faults, acknowledge my sins, he will forgive me. And remember them no more. So while I'm on that road of my life, knowing that at the end of this road, and all of us are going to come to the end of this road, I want to come to the end of the road that leads to everlasting life. Not only is Christ presented to those who know not Christ, every day as a Christian, every day that I wake up, every day that God blesses me to live and to inhale and to exhale, every day Christ is in my life. That's why I stay on Christ's bridge.
get on the right road. He says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Paul lets the church of Philippi know that whether you are going to do it now in this time side of, on this time side of life or do it later, you're going to confess that Jesus is the Christ. The question is, if you do it at the end, it has no blessing to your hope, to your life, because you have no hope. But if you do it now, you have Christ as your hope. Where you can make it through this life's journey and you can make it knowing that the end of this road leads to heaven's glory. For Paul says, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Let me share with you something that David David wrote to us in the in the psalm. In the book of Psalm, David wrote to us, and he lets us understand uh, some of the challenges he had in his life. In Psalm 125, David says something to us. The 125th division of the book of Psalm, we find David saying to us uh, uh, about how, 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 how we should understand uh, uh, our entreating of the Lord and our prayers unto the Lord and our life that's lived before God and how God sees our life, if you will, as we continue to do those things that he has commanded us to do as we have always obeyed, confessing, as, Dave, as Paul would say to the church of Philippi, as we just read, if you will. But look at, look at, look at Psalm 125. He says, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. I want you to, in Ephesians 1.11, he talks about whom we first trusted. And, 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 and God sealed us with the Holy Spirit of God. When we talks about trusting, here he's talking about our belief, our faith, in whom we trusted. And he says, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. And then he says, in what way? How are we like Mount Zion? He says, which cannot be removed. Let me tell you something. When you're on the right road that leads to heaven's glory, I thank God that we're like Mount Zion. If we stay on the right road and stay with God, we cannot be removed. Amen. I don't care what the devil does. The devil can do whatever he wants to do. But as long as I stay on the right road, I'm going to be all right. Because I cannot be moved. Are y'all with me? There's a, lot, there's a life here we're, 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 we're in our journey, in our pathways, in the, in, the, in the old path that is, if you will, encompassing our relationship with God. It is the way that we, it is the way that we trust it cannot be removed, but abideth forever. It reminds me of how Jesus said it in Matthew 16 and 18. And now you may recall this when he says, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell, and the gates of hell cannot prevail. In other words, being a member of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, puts you on that road, that path of God. devil tries to do in terms of his continual influence in the world. 
It doesn't matter. As long as I stay on the road that leadeth to heaven's glory. It didn't mean that I wasn't going to struggle with some things. Hezekiah struggled with some things. David struggled with some things. Some folk that I didn't mention. Moses struggled with some things. Abraham struggled with some things. Elijah struggled with some things. There are a lot of folk that struggled with stuff. But as long as you stay on the right road, you're going to be all right. Because Hebrews chapter 11 helps us understand that those who died in faith in their generation, that the blood of Christ, it rolled back and got them too. And so we're on that right road. But David goes on in the Psalm 125. He says, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. He's our guardrail. See, y'all didn't even, y'all missed it. God is our guardrail. studying the word of God and I'm giving myself over to God let me tell you something if God is your guardrail that means that your conscience is always pricked when you're doing something that's wrong and you say what's pricking my conscience God's pricking your conscience you know you ain't supposed to be doing that you know you're not supposed to be saying that amen 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 (laughs) David goes on and says he's round about us from henceforth and even, what, forevermore. Remember I said in Matthew when he says, behold, uh, he says, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the ages. Forevermore. When you give your life to God, you're on a good road. You're in a good pathway. Verse number three, for the rod, look, and look, 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 look. Even though you're on the good pathway, don't think that the wicked ain't going to try to get you off it. Oh, amen. That's why I say, I, I started saying it at the end of this year. I might as well say it at the last day of the year. Don't trigger me. <laughs> you know, hey, I know where I come from. Don't trick him. When we look at that, for the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Thank you, Lord. Hey, I know they're going to tempt me, right? I know, I know that the, 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 the things that the devil has left behind is going to test me. That, that is the rod that comes down upon me. But as long as I'm in the right way, as long as God is round about me, I'm going to be all right. Remember the story of Job. When the devil tried to get the Job, what did he say? Remove the hedge. Uh Uh-uh. Leave the hedge, Lord. Leave the hedge. Be round about me. Are y'all with me? Be round about me. Leave the hedge. I don't need to work with the devil. You know, I don't need to prove to him how strong my faith is. I don't have nothing to prove to the devil. Leave the hedge. Let me stay in the right road. Don't let the devil trigger me. I mean, did I say that again? Don't let him trigger me. He said, lest the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. See, don't trigger me. Because see, if the devil keep pushing me, I might recompense evil with evil. Because that's what I used to do. I'm still growing. Oh, amen. But in the Lord, I'm supposed to recompense evil with good. Amen. You see what 
if the Lord isn't around you and the rod is just keep hitting on you and there's no guardrails, you're you, you going to go back to what you used to do. That's what we used to do. That which was natural at that time. Verse number four, David comes in and he says, do good. And he's saying, and he said, look, he's saying that to the Lord. He said, Lord, look, do good. When I'm in the road to leading to everlasting life and, and I come up and I come up against one of your guardrails and it pushes me back to the middle, you're doing good for me. Oh, amen. I might bump them here and there. I might dent some things here and there. But do good to me. And he says, do good, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. Unto those that be good. For we all must stand before the judgment bar of God and give an account of those things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. David says, Lord, do good. Do good unto those that be good. And to them that are upright in their hearts. Don't miss this point. David says, do good, O Lord, unto those that be good and to them that are upright in their hearts. It didn't say they were perfect. It said they were striving to be right. good to those who are of such. And then I like that. that. Boy, I love David. David can tell us some stuff. Amen. David can tell us some stuff. David says, verse number five, ask for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Ask for those who turn aside unto their crooked ways. David says, I got something for them too. I got some things to say. The Lord shall lead them forth with workers of iniquity. But peace shall be upon Israel, which is God's people. We have lives that are in this good way as Christians. We need to transcend what this world has offered us. And we need to accept what God has provided. In the gospel according to Luke, I want you to see this is more easier, easier said than done. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus speaks to us, the master teacher. In Luke chapter 6, and I'm going to drop down to verse number 20. In Luke chapter 6 and verse number 20, I'm not going to be much longer. In Luke chapter 6 and verse number 20, the Bible says, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you. And cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. You know, folk always talk about people. 
trying to tear people down. That's what the devil does. Amen. That's what he does. That's what he, but you can't get caught up in that. You have to recognize where you are now. Don't recompense evil with evil. Recompense evil with good. Because that's who we are. We want to stand before the judgment bar of God and give account of good things that we have done. And look what he says, verse number 23. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. You may say, well, Lord, are we not supposed to have laughter? Are we not supposed to have riches? Are we not supposed to have the sustenance of life? That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is if you begin to trust in that more than you trust in God, then you've already had your reward. But if you look at those things, and say, thank you, Lord, for what you have provided for me. And may I be able to provide for those who have not as well. Then you put it in proper context. Because you recognize that it is God who gives. And it is God who takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Are y'all with me? Verse number 27. And here's even more difficulty as we are in this right way of the Lord. Because see, as David made it very clear, when he prayed to the Lord and said, you know, take the rod of the enemy away, he recognizes that the rod of the enemy is present. It has to be present in order for it to be taken away. And what enemy that you know won't use the rod? Amen. And so he says here, but I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies. Wait a minute. What? You mean to tell me that in my road of journey of being a Christian, I have to come to the point where even though the enemy is, 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 is speaking ill of me and, and, and running my name down and the rod is coming down upon me, tell my enemies I'm still supposed to love them? God says yes. So being this Christian that wants to give a good report at the foot of the cross, it's easier said than done. He says, love your enemies. And look, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. Curse you out. I mean, curse you. Curse you out. Curse you. Curse you out ain't here. I think I got the point, though. (laughs) Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which what? Despitefully use you. Lord have mercy. And unto them, unto him rather, that smiteth thee, on the one cheek, offer also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. You, 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 it's easier said than done, isn't it? But you're on the right road. Serve them. I'm doing it to serve God. And when I'm doing it to 
Ghost and pray. I will pour out a blessing upon them that they cannot receive. Let me tell you something. It's not you giving away. It's about you continuing to manifest who God truly is. And when you do that in service to the Lord, God says, I shall provide all of your needs. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm giving this away. No, you're not giving anything away. You gave. That what you gave is the joy of God. And if you can gain the joy of The word of God is wisdom. Oh, lady, come on now. The word of God is wisdom. And so when I'm looking at the word of God and wisdom says, give it away, I got to understand what that means. Amen. It's not that I'm losing something, but I'm gaining everything. Because when Solomon asked for wisdom, God said, since you didn't ask for wisdom, I will not only give you wisdom, but I will give you all this good. God can provide our needs. But you have to accept wisdom. Lord have mercy. And God says, wisdom says, don't fight your enemy. Love them. Don't curse them. Pray for them. Those who despitefully use you and hate you, don't worry about it. Do good to them. Because God's able to handle it all. Lord have mercy. Well, I wish I had time. And even to the point, in the very spiritual sense, he says, even if they put their hand on you. Woo! Now y'all know. Lord. You mean to tell me even if they put their hand on me? They put their hand on me, Lord. I know it's hard, Anthony. I know it's hard. It's hard, Lord. You can't let that old man out, but Lord, they put their hand on me. You put your hand on me. They done tricked me, Lord. But then I got to think about Jesus. They pressed a crown of thorns. They stripped off him his own clothes. And sometimes we don't even get to the, the essence of what that really means. He's in a public place around public people. And they stripped him naked. And they mocked him by putting on a purple robe. Do y'all hear me? But even before that, they beat him. in a public marketplace, having done nothing wrong, yet he opened not his mouth, nor did he revile them. This is he who is on the cross. And I see this text where Jesus says, if they smite you, turn the other cheek. And I'm saying, how is that possible? 
But then I think about what Jesus did because even on the cross when they raised him between the twilight of two worlds, between two thieves, one a robber and the other an insurrectionist in the world, when they did what they did, look what he said. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How do you do that? In the midst of being abused and beaten and ridiculed, cursed and spat upon, a crown of thorns placed upon your head, stripped in a public place, made a mockery of, placed on a cross with nails driven in your feet and your hands, with a spear piercing in your side. But yet you say, Father, forgive them, for you know not what they do. For they know not what they do. I, I, I think after I understand that, and if I understand it truly, I can take a slap in the face. I, can, I might be able to take two slaps in the face. Because he said, turn the other cheek. That means if they get the right, they get the left. I, I mean, you just got to understand it. But then when I see that and I say, well, how is it possible? Then I look at the cross. And I say, it, it, I can't take two slaps. And Jesus did all that. You follow what I'm saying? Lord, keep your guardrails around me. Keep me on the right path. Help me contain that old man and bring him into subjection. Because I know that at the end, it's not that I've lost anything, but it's that I've gained everything. Verse number 30, uh, verse 31. And as you would that men should do unto you or to you, do ye also to them likewise. For here's the change. Here's the change. Here's, here's what we're presenting at the foot of the cross. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall And ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Boy, I think I can make it. When I see what God has done, when I see what God has done in the form of Christ, when I see that he has done all these things to go to the cross and to be on the cross, I know that it's a blessing for me just to get to the cross. I know it's a blessing for me just to bear my cross. To carry it to the point at the end of life when all this is over that God can stand, I can stand before God and be approved. I know that as Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and 20 to be crucified with Christ is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to glorify. 
When Paul says in Romans 8, 9 through 10, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. What a blessing. Philippians 4 and 13. When I recognize that as a servant of God, Paul calls himself a doulos, a willing servant of God. I recognize that one who lives in service of God will go through many challenges in life, many struggles in life. The bar is not marked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And God says, in my suffering, be righteous. If I'm not ashamed of being a Christian, Because at the end of it, it is God who shall bless me. And what greater blessing can I ever receive than that of eternal life? That's why Hebrews 11, 6 says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder.
too long I've tried. Too long I've tried. Lord, I'm coming home. Coming home. Coming home. Never more to
just want to thank you, Lord. You've been so good. You've been so good. You've been so good. And I just want to thank you. just 